Welcome to the Catfish and Ice Podcast presented by DraftKings and Park Podcast Network. This is Chad Benton, your host with Rich Howe, and I think that's Lieutenant Farva. I don't think that's Colin there. I don't recognize this guy at all, but uh, as you can well. see, we live, up to, we live up to our bets on this show, and uh, we're paying a dear price right now for betting against our Predators. Uh, they made us pay. They won five in a row, as many of our listeners and followers know, and that's why I have this glorious mustache going on here. I've had a mustache in my life, just a mustache. Colin's down there looking like Lieutenant Farva from Super Troopers. I feel like I'm taking on the Mac role. Those Mac from Super Troopers, maybe I'll take that. And Rich, I yep. think Rich is like, I, I'm trying to think of a good character for Rich here. Um, Serial killer? I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. You don't look that scary. You look more like a... I don't know. Like I look like just... this. <laughs> you look like Lasso? Uh, Lasso. You, you look like uh, Detective Gordon from Batman. Okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Right. Look that. And we have some serious, all, have some serious all, trooper vibes going on here. Yeah, we're all hopped up on the syrup. <laughs> we are hopped up on some syrup. That's, I, I had to get hopped up on something to prepare for this episode. Um, yep. If anyone didn't realize, we bet uh, way back, how was it, like a month ago maybe? How long ago, long ago was it? Did, oh, did we right make this before bet? the streak started. <laughs> right before the streak okay. started. <laughs> we basically said if the Preds win five in a row, we will go down to only mustaches in honor of Philip Forsberg, in honor of the team's uh, reputation of growing mustaches right now. And we made this bet thinking it would never happen because the Preds were a mess at the time. They couldn't even string together two games in a row, wins in a row. And mm-hmm. here we are. Not only did they win five in a row, they actually won six in a row, correct? So, yeah, uh, yeah we're – hey, I, I love my Predators. It, it's, it, um, it's worth it, I'll still say, but this is weird for me. This is really weird. Like, I keep, like, feeling around my face. I haven't been shaving in like, four years. So it's a weird adjustment for me. Yeah, I've never, I've never had a big full beard, but <clears throat> I've also never had a mustache, and I don't have one as good as your eyes. I mean, your eyes are like on point, like glorious. <laughs> like when you think of mustache, you have the epitome of a mustache. But all right, yeah. I'm yeah. lucky because well, I had it professionally done for the wedding. So like the mustache was groomed out a little bit, and then I just nice. the beard. But yeah. yeah, it's it's the rest is coming soon. So I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna try and super grow it somehow. I get some Rogaine right. or something and put on it and get it back. But we'll see. <laughs> so awesome. so yeah. So Colin so Colin got married over the weekend. You were already officially married, but you had your celebration. So congrats to you, man, on that. That's yep. awesome. Thank you. Definitely. And you came down to Nashville for that, correct? We did. We actually and we got a, a picture outside of Bridgestone, just right outside of Bridgestone. It was awesome. Yeah, it, was, it was great. Yeah, it was a it was a really cool uh, experience. Uh, awesome venue. Uh, the vendors were fantastic. Um, just a good just a good weekend. Couldn't ask for better weather on Saturday. It was perfect. So it was a uh, good times. Yep, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now I got, now I got yep. to make sure she wants right. to stay married to me because she hasn't seen the mustache yet. So. <laughs> oh, she will. Oh, boy. oh, she will. She will. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll be all right. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is episode thirty-three of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Uh, Colin's back for us, back for us for episode thirty-three. We're happy to have him back on the show, yep. and so we have the we have the full crew back here together for episode thirty-three. And we are presented by DraftKings, and of course, we have been talking about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the top-rated sportsbook app in America. They're our sponsor, and 
We still have uh, the last two teams remaining in March Madness. The Final Four just happened. Gonzaga is going for the undefeated season, going up against the Baylor Bears, which is also a really good team. And you can still go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use our promo code THPN to win $100 on a $1 bet. So go get the DraftKings sport, top-rated sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win, that's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So we're all waiting to see if Gonzaga is going to complete the defeated season or if the Baylor Bears can spoil it for them. We saw UCLA almost beat them there, and then you had that half-court shot. Pretty crazy. Wow. But college basketball is not for you, and you want to bet on something else, uh, DraftKings does daily odds boost on golf, pro basketball, hockey, all the different sports. So it doesn't have to be just college basketball. So go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code THPN. So let's let you know what we're getting into tonight for episode 33, other than our glorious mustaches. Um, we're going to talk about the Chicago win because the Preds once again beat the Chicago Blackhawks. They're now 5-0 and against them on the season. That feels pretty awesome. That yeah. feels amazing to always beat the, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. So we're going to kind of talk about that game that we saw over the weekend to beat them. Uh, so the Preds got back on their into their winning ways with that win. And then we're going to talk about – we have Ellie Tolvanen, of course, taking everyone by storm. He, he's all that Preds fans can talk about. So we wanted to go back and look at the best rookie seasons in team history. There's a lot of good ones on there. There's probably some rookie campaigns you forgot about or you don't remember or you never even knew about. So we want to go, we're going to kind of go back and look at all those rookie seasons that really stood out in the team's history. And we're going to wrap it up with talking about what the bar is for all of us when it comes to the Preds as far as considering this season a successful one. Will we be happy with a playoff, playoff appearance and that's it? Do we have to get more than that? Uh, let, we'll, we'll, we'll dive right into that. Are you guys ready to uh, jump into episode 33? Yes, sir. Awesome, yes, sir. awesome. All right, so so the Preds got the win over the Blackhawks. They're 5-0 and against them on the season. Uh, they just have the Blackhawks number. I don't know what it is. It's crazy. Uh, I'm sure Blackhawks fans are going nuts over it because I know they don't really like us too much. <laughs> um, oh, well. But the Black Blackhawks are one of those teams that are trying. They're trying to get that fourth playoff spot, just like we are, and we're kind of their kryptonite right now. What do you, what, uh, Rich? What did you see from the game on uh, Saturday night? I saw two words to sum up the game: UC Soros. Man, he was on fire once again. Forty-one shots he took, none got in. Got the shutout, thirteenth of his career. He passed Chris Mason for the. For the uh, most shutouts in franchise history, um, I think it's it's uh, Pekka Rene, Thomas Vakun, and now it's uh, UC Saro. So, I mean, I love to see this from him, and it's what I've always wanted him to do this season was just to step up and be the man, and and he's proven it right now, that's for sure. So, yeah, it was just exciting to see him uh, put in that kind of a performance. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an analogy here, trying not to laugh too hard, but. Um, 
It's the, the Chicago Blackhawks are like Farva trying to get a leader at Cola when it comes to the power play against the Predators. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. So, <laughs> um, no, it's amazing to see that they're the number two power play unit and the fact that they that our penalty kills held them to no no power play goals in the last three matchups against them. I mean, that's you can't. A, that's beat pretty that. amazing. The the five on three kill. I, I rewatched yes. that. I mean, that was just amazing that we were that we were able to kill that five on three um, and turn it into opportunities even for the team. But I mean, it's yeah. just, they, we looked really good. And at that point, it was only two nothing. So that would have been a huge momentum turn for them had they scored on that. Yeah, they couldn't get anything. No, oh, it, it's, was, it was great. And also the fact that you know Victor Arvidsson's out, Phil Forsberg's out, uh, Alexander Carrier's out. Um, you know, just you're just putting bodies out there, and the guys mm-hmm. are playing. But I think that they're just meshing better as a team. It just looks more like team hockey, more dynamic. Um, the guys are just you know they're just playing their game and letting it come to them. But it's it's night and day compared to where we where we started versus where we're at right now. So I'm happy to see that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's just great. Oh, I was just gonna say real quick, Benning almost went out too. He took a yeah. shot to the wrist, and he was out for a little bit, but he wound up coming back. So yeah. that would have been one more on the list. So yeah, it's just crazy how 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 opportunistic and how. Uh, I gotta say, a little bit fortunate the Preds have been lately, though. They, they're getting great goaltending from Soros, and they're riding that really hard right now. But just looking at these numbers from Saturday night's game against the Blackhawks, the Preds won three to nothing. Shot attempts, Chicago led sixty-three to forty-one. That's different from shots on goal, but just yep. shot attempts, sixty-three to forty-one. Chicago uh, had the advantage there. Shots on goal, forty-one to twenty-one. So the Preds mm-hmm. managed to score three goals despite only having twenty-one shots on goal. I think the Preds had 22 shots on goal in the loss to the Stars before that. I mean, these low 20s shot shot on goal totals are not going to work long term. Mm-hmm. No. So we got to remedy that somehow. I'm not trying to be the negative person, but you got to look at this type of stuff. Uh, you're well, still having to get the win. Up. Had it been somebody other than Soros, they would have probably lost. I mean, I mean, it's just you got to look yeah. at these things. Yeah, you're happy to get the two points. They're huge two points, but 21 shots on goal is most of the time not going to get it done. So you just got to tip your cap to Soros, like you just said, Rich. Five-on-five scoring chances in this game. Chicago led 27-17. to Five-on-five high-danger chances, 17-4 to Chicago led. And yeah. the X factor, the X factor, UC Soros. Yep, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I mean you just can't – there's no other way around it. Yeah. I mean, you got guys like DeBrinkett and Kane – Doc shooting at them. I mean, yeah, those I mean, are those are all big name, big names and guys who can shoot very well. So Saros was on his game. This ten game stretch, it definitely feels like you, when you dig into the numbers a little bit, it's kind of it feels like a little bit of fool's gold because you know we just we we've gotten such good goalie play out of Saros, but at the same time, like like you said, those shots on goal, like unless those come up, there's not always going to be those times where we mm-hmm. can get some kind of goal goal generation. I mean, obviously, like the penalty shot helps, and then you know we're going to talk about but Ellis Holman. I mean, Mike. Goodness, that 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 shot from the circle was just eighteen seconds. Yep, just just deadly. I mean, it's just it's incredible to watch. We've not seen someone that's such a a pure goal scorer, other than maybe like Philip Forsberg, but not not from that distance and with that power that he has. So that's, that's awesome to see. But yeah, it feels like a little bit of, bit of fool's gold because we're not generating sustained chances on offense that lead to more shots on goal and that lead to more high danger chances. And so. If you're gonna, if you want to advance, I mean, it's one thing to make the playoffs, but if you want to have any hope of advancing or even competing with the Lightning, you need more offensive opportunities. Um, even against you know the, the the Hurricanes or the Panthers, you need to have mm-hmm. more sustained offense, and it's just 
that's got to step up. Our defense has been doing well. We're getting, you know, we're the four checks looking pretty good, but like we have to be better about creating sustained opportunities that isn't just one and done. And we're, you know, out in the neutral zone trying to, uh, to stop them. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks how that, how it kind of runs in the form. Cause there's still a lot of room for improvement. We can enjoy the ride while we're on it, but yeah. still got a lot to improve on. You really have to wonder if UC Soros doesn't miss all that time with injury. Does he hit this hot streak even sooner? And you could argue the types of numbers he's putting up are definitely Vesna trophy worthy. I'm not saying he should be in the Vesna trophy conversation right now. I'm saying if he didn't out for so long for injury and he, and this hot streak he's on extended into that stretch he missed, you would have a much larger body of work. I just got to say the way he's playing right now, if he can ever piece that together for a full season, he's got a Vesna trophy in his future. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I, but it's always a question. But with Soros, it's always a question of he's streaky. He starts mm-hmm. seasons off really slow. And so that's kind of what you're, what you're hoping that will remedy itself as he gets older and as he matures as an NHL goaltender, because he is still so young, but he is absolutely carrying this Preds team right now, as far as, uh, you know they're not man- manufacturing a lot of offense right now, but Soros is is neutralizing that. Yeah, he had some really awesome saves. One of them was I can't remember who shot it, but it, he used his pad and like almost did the splits and stopped it. And then the uh, Chicago player got the rebound and shot it again, and he he was stopped it right again. Just he was he's just like, so flexible. He's right. such a flexible yeah, player. Yeah. Whereas right, right you know, now. whereas Pecker. Go ahead. I was going to say, whereas Pecorine is just a large human, it's just yeah. like dive and just do these things that a normal human can't do. Soros is just a lot more meticulous. I feel like he's more like he just – I don't know. They're two diff- completely different style goaltenders, yeah. but both equally effective. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite was definitely that poke check that he had where he just – it was it was a high danger and he just stuck the stick out, got it out of there, and then oh, they were able to yep. clear it. But yeah, yeah he, he just, I mean, he's, he's been making some smart plays too. It's been, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the beginning of the season, we were kind of like, all right, there's some boneheaded things that you should, you should be saving. And he's not really doing that. He's really, he's really dialed in, which is awesome to see right now, even with the bat as, you know, as rough as the, the, the season was to start, you know, uh, when we kind of started pretty cold, he's still ranked as like the 16th best goaltender in the NHL right now. So as far as this season goes, so yeah. that's going to be the upper 50%, even with the start of the season. I think that if it, if we go off just his last stats alone, he's probably in the top eight, but um, if not the top four, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just how long, how long is this going to last? Because, you know, last year, I mean, obviously it was a little bit different with the, uh, the shutdown and then having to go into the bubble. It was basically like a second off season. Can he sustain this, you know, throughout all the way up until, up until, and through June, because that's a really big question mark. Is you know, is this gonna? Is there is there a, a cliff to this? Hopefully, there's not. Yeah. But you just we just don't know. We know we have such a limited sample of it, so we don't know. All right, and then of course, Ellie yeah. Tolvanen. Ellie Tolvanen yeah, scored his tenth tenth goal of the season. He got that the score and opened up in that game. An, an, another power play. I played six power play goals this season. I'm pretty sure he leads all rookies and play points. I want to say, um, um, and he's at, and he's third in the NHL in uh, overall rookie points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's tough because Pro Kaprizov or however you pronounce his last name for the Wild, which I'm glad they're not in our division this year, so we don't have to see that. Right. Kid. He's having an unreal season with those 31 points, but 
Uh, I mean, obviously we're biased, but man, Tolvin in the body of work, not only does he do it with five on five, but also the fact that he does on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think like it's almost like an MVP award, like most valuable player. Who's the most valuable rookie? Mm-hmm. Kaprizov is valuable to the wild, but I mean, Tolvin and what he's done, he, he's revitalized his offense. He's revitalized his power play. He took a power play that's never been in the, hasn't been out of the top or hasn't been, you know, like last in the league and he's put it yeah. there he's put it in the, in the top 50 percent i think we're actually i think last time i checked was we're, we're at the 14th spot for the first time since 2011 2012 and that was the year that we first got out of the first round of the playoffs yeah. so i mean like that that's just tremendous right there alone i mean he's he's number one in our hearts at least yeah this this, called, this, this calder cup race is going to be very fun to watch um i think that's like other than seeing if the Predators can obviously make the playoffs. I think that's the number one storyline right now going down the stretch of the season after we get past the trade deadline, which is a week away from tonight. Uh, that's going to be, the, the honestly, the prevailing storyline for a lot of Preds fans is this Calder Cup trophy race, which we're about to get into our next segment. When we get into our next segment here, we're going to talk about all the great rookie seasons in Preds history, and the Preds have never had a Calder trophy winner mm-hmm. in their history. And so it's going to be really entertaining and fun to see Tolvanen continue to put his name in that Calder tro- Calder Cup trophy conversation. Somebody on because, Twitter had a picture of him like melded with Alex Ovechkin and it said Tolvechkin because of where uh, <laughs> Tolvechkin. Yeah. That actually sounds like a real name. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody did that on Twitter. I thought it was really funny, but man, that his shot, dude, it's and, I mean, it's it's just incredible to watch, and just oh, yeah. every time he get every time he sets up over there, you're just like holding your breath, waiting to see what he's going to do. So, and I mean, I think part of it was like, okay, I was worried because you know that's we know that's where his zone is, right? Like we know that's where he likes to wind up and fire away, and so it's like, okay, eventually people are going to get clued in on that. But the thing is, like, if they if they commit two skaters to him, especially if it's on a power play, yep. then they leave themselves open on the middle and on the right side, and especially that middle of that slot, like. If you get someone like someone like Yossi who can still put mm-hmm. it in from the blue line, I mean, it's just it's awesome because it, it just does so much more for us. Instead of having this dink and dunk kind of move it into the zone and kind of you know do the circling around of the, of the net, it's more straightforward. It opens opens up opportunities for everybody else to be more straightforward. But I mean, it is it is like Ovechkin. I mean, it's just it's so the kid's twenty three years old and he's got that much power behind a shot. Like he hasn't even fully put on the like the full NHL muscle. I mean, he's gotten a lot mm-hmm. bigger than when he was, you know, when he was here mm-hmm. three years ago, but like, it, it's just insane to see. I love it. It's, sky, it's the most I mean, fun of the watch. The the oh sky, yeah. The, the sky's the limit for him. The oh, sky's yeah. the limit for him. And it's like, if the team continues to build around him, so to speak, even if it is a soft rebuild or if they continue to make right life decisions when it comes to pairing him with the right players, I mean, he's going to flourish. He's, he's not going to just, hit a plateau after this season. Like the best should be yet to come for Ellie Tolvanen. So another big storyline or milestone, kind of more of a milestone coming from the game was Roman Yossi became the Switzerland's best NHL scorer in history. How about that? That's pretty cool. That is awesome. 434 career points. came And Switzerland's not a, a knockoff hockey country by any means. Like, it's a respected hockey country. And so for oh, yeah. Roman Yossi to already achieve that feat with still plenty of years left in his NHL career, that was really cool to see. So um, congrats to the captain, Roman Yossi, because that's got to be a really um, 
really cool record for him personally to achieve, you know, for his home country to get that, to get that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he's, and he's not done yet. So it's only going to keep climbing. Yeah. I mean, Roman Yossi's kind of quietly having another really good season, like a really, really good season. You know, he's got what, 18 assists now in the season. And he also missed some time with injury. Uh, so, I mean, it's like, you know, he's not really scoring goals this season, but I mean, he's still the same Roman Yossi we love. He's still making a lot of things happen. And so just tip your hat to the captain. He Absolutely. hasn't lost a step. He hasn't lost a step at all. Absolutely. So, yeah. so uh, yeah. And then Colton Sisson's got a goal to put uh, the Preds up 2 nothing. Luke Cunning got his third goal of the season in that game. And how about Jeremy Davies uh, tallying, tallying an assist in that game? So, just all around, it was one of those games where the Preds just know how to beat Chicago. Yeah. Like they're just that's that's mm -hmm. what like just like the just like the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Preds kind of have two teams checked off in the division where they're like, okay, we know for a fact the Preds are better than these two teams, and we can also say the Red Wings, obviously. But um, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't trying to take a jab at the Red Wings, but uh, but it's it's oh, just we, true. We support a, it. We support it. <laughs> yeah, we're good yeah. with it. So um, yeah, it's just the Preds are figuring out ways to make it happen. I mean. Like you said, Chicago went 0 for 4 on the power play. That's pretty pretty amazing to see there. The Preds got one power play and they connected. They're opportunistic. Yep. They're they're taking advantage of the opportunities when they get them, and you just you just love to see it. You love to see it. And so the Preds after that game are, are a two point cushion over Chicago for the uh, fourth place spot outright with 41 points, yep. 20, 18, and one on the season. 17 games left in the regular season for the Nashville Predators. Dallas took the 1 0 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes last night, I believe. So that's uh, if you're scoreboard watching, which I know all of you are, that's Absolutely. a good result to see right there. So the My Stars are now here. just three. Go ahead. I was going to say, Mike Twitter also gave us an update from outside the division. Said the Blues are getting embarrassed right now, five one to Vegas, and I'm pretty sure Vegas oh, is yeah. only dressing sixteen skaters right now. Love it. Oh, wow. Love to see it. I, I got Mike a blue. Said, a blue. I was going to say real quick. Mike also said, "What's up, Mustache Gang?" <laughs> oh yeah, we're doing just fine. And, we're doing just fine. And, and congrats, Colin. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I got to find the comment, but a Blues fan actually came at me on Twitter. Um, uh -oh. Saying, hopefully you got. I think he said something like, "Hopefully you guys can make the playoffs so you can hang another banner for yourselves." Oh, so the man. so the so the tired banner jokes live on. Yeah, this came I'm from still... St. Louis. STL handicaps uh, tweeted me and said, "If the Preds make the playoffs, maybe they can hang another banner." So, uh, wow, maybe we will. Maybe we like banners. Like, what's yeah. wrong with that? Like, we In like Louis, we like banners. Mind your bit. Mind your own business, St. Louis. <laughs> Well, what I what I've been saying about St. Louis. So when the St. Louis Blues, not to turn this into a new segment, but real quick, <laughs> when the when the before the Blues won the Stanley Cup, I was actually kind of like, okay, it's kind of cool to see a new team win the Stanley Cup. I was not cheering against them necessarily. I really right. didn't have a problem with the Blues when they won that Stanley Cup. All of a sudden, their fans jumped out like they think they're like one of the blue bloods of the NHL. All of a sudden, yeah. like yeah. I get that Chicago likes to do the do the um do the Stanley Cup thing because, yeah, they've won a lot of Stanley Cups. They've been around a while. I'll let them have that. But St. Louis, come on, guys. It took you forever to win your first one, and you're really yeah. not that special now. Yeah. You know, get over it. 
But anyway. as bad, and, okay, but here's the thing: like as bad as our season started, we didn't like really, we didn't embarrass ourselves to the level that our goalie was punching at what would appear to be ghosts. Nothing. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Don't get me started. Don't get don't here. get me start. Don't get me started on, um, on all that because it's just stay in your lane, St. Louis. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, St. Louis. We'll see you back in the division next season. But for now, stay in your lane. We don't have time for you. You'll be yep. calling. You'll be, you'll be calling us daddy by this time next year. Oh, they're also they're also in fifth place in their division. Oh, that's oh a shame. yeah, it's great to see. It's great to see. <laughs> also, uh, actually, uh, fr- also friend of the show Ray per- Ray Perkin, who writes for the Hockey Writers. You really need to go see check out all of Ray Perkins' uh, content. We're hoping to have him as a guest on the podcast. Hopefully, sometime next week in one of next week's episodes. So stay tuned for that. We can't wait to have him. But he just uh, tweeted the show and said the Nashville Predators, a.k.a. Team Ramrod. So for all you Super <laughs> Troopers fans, um, we are Team Ramrod, apparently. That's good. I like that, Ray. Thanks for sharing that. It. That's awesome. Yep. That's a Stashville, baby. All right. Yep. Oh, yeah. So we're taking it We're taking it to a whole new level. <laughs> for tonight. On the Catfish Nice podcast. We actually walked the walk. It really is Stashville. All right. So uh, – so let's move on to the next segment. Again, this is episode 33 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. This is your host, uh, Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen. Happy to have the crew back together for this episode. Um, let's move on to the next uh, segment, which is we're going to go back and look at some of the best rookie seasons in team history. I went back to the inaugural season. We all looked, we all kind of combed through all the different rookie seasons and yeah, uh, we picked out like it, it wasn't as long of a task as like if we were a Red Wings fan because they have a lot longer history, but it was still a very fun uh, thing to go back and look on. And uh, so I'm gonna kind of list off some of the. I'm gonna kind of let's go in chronological order. I think that's gonna make it uh, more fun yeah. to do. And we got it. So if we're gonna do that, uh, it's easy. You start with David Legwand, the first uh, draft pick for the Preds. Uh, he was considered a rookie the 1999-2000 season, so that was the second official season for the Predators in their history. And Leguan put in 71 games, put up 28, 28 points, two game-winning goals, nine power play goals, and averaged almost 15 minutes of time on ice. Uh, those numbers don't scream at you like super impressive, but I got to tell you, those early Preds teams were very limited in their offensive yeah. weapons. And Leguan kind of instantly – became a very key piece of the early days of the Preds. So that that's an easy one to start with. Uh, moving past that, you go to 2000, 2001 season, Scotty Hartnell. Even modern-day fans know about Scotty Hartnell. He came in on the 2000, 2001 season and played 75 games as a rookie, put up 16 points, 14 assists. One thing that some people might not realize about Hartnell, this dude was a brawler. He was kind of like a Matthew Olivier in a way. Like, this guy would not put up with crap from anybody. He put up 48 penalty minutes that season. Limited action. He didn't even hit 11 minutes of ice time per game. But still, he kind of made a quick impact as a young player for the Preds in the early days. Do you guys have any memories of uh, Hartnell or Legwand or kind of have anything that kind of stands out with those two players? I remember the first game I went to was against the Coyotes, and that was when Legwand was really kind of coming into his prime. And that was like when he was he was seen as like the leader of the team, like that was yes. you know, fa- face of the franchise. And he, it was just 
that he was kind of part of that that culture building squad that really made Nashville Smashville. I mean, it was just mm. it was it was gritty play. It was never going to be over over finessed. It was always going to be you know hard nose in your face hockey. And so it was. I think it's a special place in my heart, not only because he had some really good statistical seasons, but mostly because of what he meant to the franchise and what he did to to make Smashville what it is. Yeah, and what you said about <clears throat> those teams being limited with what they had to work with, it wasn't like, you know, when Vegas came into the league and they had their expansion draft and how how it was uh, – I don't want to say tilted. Well, I guess it was kind of tilted in their favor. No, so they'd it, be it absolutely right was. Yeah, so, you know, you know, the Predators b- before that – that draft for Vegas, you know, they were, you had to work with what you had. So, and that's what they did. So. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't getting guys that were on second lines and third lines back in, back in 98. So. And of course, of course, leg wand was the face of Smashville in more ways than one. The guy had was missing more teeth than I think he had. (laughs) I mean, you just, he looked like the prototypical hockey player. Like he would just like smile for the camera and he'd be missing like three teeth. And it was just like, he just looked like the hockey player that you, you know, you remember from the early days of hockey. So Leguan was full of personality, the original Predator. He had a really good rookie season, uh, respectable rookie season. Scott Hartnell had a really good uh, rookie season, respectable. Here, Okay, so we, we know all about how the Preds have always been fortunate to have really stable goaltending. I think you can argue throughout this franchise's entire history, other than maybe little small moments, maybe they had to, like, lean on someone they didn't know about. But for the most part, they've always been really set at goaltender. Uh, Tomas Vokun, 1998-99 season, he was a rookie. So the inaugural season, he backed up Mike Dunham and actually appeared in – he went 13th in the Calder Trophy race in that year. Uh, went uh, his rec- his overall record was pretty bad because the team wasn't that good, but he had he posted almost a ninety one save percentage, gave up less than three goals per game, and posted a shutout, and was kind of like pushing Mike Dunham for the starting job during that inaugural season. And so you can't look over uh, Vokun as a rookie for that mm-hmm. inaugural for that inaugural Predators team. So, uh, that one really stood out to me. Uh, let's go down the list. Martin Erat. Martin Erat, 2001-2002 season. A lot of Preds fans know all about Martin Erat. Uh, at 20 years old, he did his rookie season for the Preds. 20 years old, played 80 games that season. That's pretty amazing. Wow. For a 20-year-old to play 80 games in a season. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, put, up, put, up nine, put up nine goals, 24 assists. Had uh, eight power play assists, so he was a part of the power play for them. Uh, was fifth on the team in assists, eighth on the team in points as a rookie. And and at the time, it was still early years in the franchise, but he set rookie records uh, for a lot of the major categories for the Preds during that season. Martin Erat was one of those players I remember. He was just so intelligent. Like, yeah. he knew how to make he knew how to make the right play. Like he wasn't necessarily like blazing out there to pile up all the goals, but he was just such a smooth skater. He would make, he would extend plays. He would find ways to find open guys. Martin Erat was uh, a really one of my favorite players uh, during my early years of hearing for the Predators. Growing up as a kid, Erat was a really likable player, and he helped us get Philip Forsberg. So you know, it can't be that. Yeah, yeah, he he actually that was his Mike. That was actually his mic drop moment for the Preds. It's like this is my 
this is my going away gift to you. I'm going to give you Phil Forsberg and I'm going <laughs> to sacrifice myself and I'm going to go to the Washington, Washington Capitals. <laughs> I love and it. I, what, what's that meme that everyone always shares or, or I guess a GIF, not a meme where it's the guy clutching his pillow and he's like crying. I guess there's a bunch of them the, like that. The, the Anthony Anderson one. I think, yeah, that, that's what I picture uh, Capitals fans doing every time they brings up the Philip Forsberg trade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know that. Or you can even do the, or you can even do the diff where, uh, where uh, Will Ferrell's trying to drink the wine and he's just like shaking. You can <laughs> go with that one too, I guess. That's a good one. One too. of those two is perfect. So, I love it. I love so, it. But we, but Martin Erath, thank you for uh, all your time. He was a very important part of the Preds for a long time. I got a good one. This is one that Rich really likes. This is one of your, Rich. This is one of your personal favorites. I know you like this guy, yep. Dan the Hammer Hamus. I like Hamus. His rookie season. Yep. I know he's one of your personal favorites. I know you like like like, the, like you said Dan Hamus. Dan Hamus's rookie season for the Preds was 2003-2004, and so it was really cool that he made his return to the team before he retired. I, that was always yeah. really cool when that happened, even though yeah. he was obviously way past his prime, and. It was well noted how bad the Preds' defensive pairing situation was mm-hmm. before he went out. But I don't think he was the problem necessarily, even at his age. But we, we Dan Hamus, Hamus was the was kind of a beast when he came into the league. I remember he, he, was. he was he was he would he that's why he got that nickname. Uh, but he played 80 games in his rookie season at age 21, finished 11th in the Calder Trophy race. Uh, put up uh, 26 points as a defenseman, which was very impressive uh, as a rookie defenseman. That's good for a rookie, yeah. So, Dan, yeah, so you can't look over Dan Hamuses. You guys have uh, some rookies you want to bring up as we go down the list well, that I haven't named yet? I think, uh, well, I think you're getting ready to name the ones that I know about. <laughs> so I will not say Colin, anything. Colin, you got one? I was going to say, it's kind of going back to the goalies piece of it, but, uh, you know, Pecorino, the fact that, I mean, Pecorino has just been – when you look at his numbers, his whole his whole body of work, like if you're a fan of Pecorino, which I think everybody is, go look at his page on, on the Predators website and look at the years at, that he's played. Mm-hmm. See that he's never had a goals uh, goals against above a three, a three, three goals, really above – he's only had one season above a 2.5 goals against, and that was in 2013-2014, uh, and then 2019-2020 he was above three. But – other than that, I mean, the guy's just put up incredible numbers. And Ben, he was a franchise goalie from the rip. I mean, the fact that he had, you know, 119 uh, goals against, only 119 goals against, 2.38 goal, uh, uh, goals against average. Uh, his save percentage was 0.917. I mean, we knew very early on, like, we had something special there. And that 2008, 2009 time was kind of a, a transition yep. time. The steady ship was Pecorine, which really led to the 2012 season, the 2011 2012 season. Where we finally got over that playoff hump. So, I mean, we're just we have a kind of a, an embarrassment riches when you think about him plus Soros. Um, I mean, even looking at his Vesna Trophy Trophy winning season, like the 2010-2011 season for Pecorine, might might actually not even might it is statistically actually better than uh, the 2017-2018 season when he won the uh, the Vesna Trophy. So, um, I mean, it's just that, that's my favorite rookie of all time because he's my favorite goalie of all time, my favorite player of all time. I mean. Pecorino is going to be have his name emblazoned in Richmond Arena. We're going to retire the jersey. Uh, the Hall Give of Fame. Give him a statue. 
Oh yeah, we're gonna give him. We give have him a statue. Him a statue. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Hall of Fame is tricky. I think right. there's no he deserves it, but well, he, yeah, yeah. Since we're since we're gonna talk about him, that's who I was gonna say was would have been my favorite. Um, what was what's so amazing is picked in the eighth round, 258th yeah. overall pick, and then they you know for his first rookie season he played 52 games, seven shutouts for a rookie. I mean that's that's. Yeah. That, that's the number I was going to bring up, Rich. Yeah, that yeah. I was going to bring up is yeah. it really popped off the screen when I looked at his rookie season. Seven shutouts as a rookie. That's yeah. just insane. We yeah, so. we knew right off the – a lot of us knew right off the bat how special and how gifted. And it's like, how did he not get picked up sooner? I'm yeah. so ha- happy that it happened. But it's, yeah. it's so – I would love I would love to like – be fortunate enough to interview some people who were in that scouting process at the time that didn't draft Pecorine and why he wasn't on their radar. Like, yeah. I mean, but the, the press have a way of odd. picking out those, those, those finished goalies. I mean, we got, they really we got, three, we got three of them on the roster right yeah. now, but right. that's, that's, that's kind of our thing. I mean, we just, we, we find those guys and it's worked for us. So somebody yeah. had a t-shirt I saw. Yeah. Uh, it might have been one of you. I don't remember if one of you guys posted it, but it said Tennessee. It was like Finland, Tennessee. Oh yeah, so national has a team. Yeah, like so that. national. Yeah. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's about. That's absolutely true. <laughs> Definitely. I love it. Lots he's coming up on our seven hundred game. He's, he's at six eighty one, so he needs nineteen more games to hit that seven hundred mark for a goalie, which is awesome. I mean, it shows the longevity of his career and how just how dominant. I mean, you look at he really didn't even start to backslide until 2019, 2020. And that was there were some challenges there, but he's. There been, were- there were a lot of there were a lot of there were a lot of outside challenges that weren't all on paper. Yes. No, yeah, very so, frustrating to see and, as well. I mean, we're we're almost yeah. we're we're approaching close to you know a de- actually we're more than a decade and a half of just statistical dominance from a goalie. The only thing that's not on his resume is the Stanley Cup. I mean, that's that's literally yeah. it when you look at the numbers. And he has he kind of had he kind of has that dark cloud over him. Uh, for how he kind of struggled pretty badly against the Pittsburgh Penguins, particularly in Pittsburgh during the Stanley Cup. Uh, but I mean, other than that, it's like you can't find a blemish really on his resume. No, no. And if that's your only blemish on your resume, is you struggled for a couple games in the Stanley Cup final, then I think you had a pretty good NHL career. Not saying I mean, that it's I, over, but you know what I'm no. saying. Well, and that and that Penguins team, I and mean, we got we got to remember like that they were just coming off of winning the Stanley Cup before, and that offense was loaded. I mean, you well, know, well, between Kessler and Crosby, was it, it was like Pittsburgh was like his house of horrors. Like he was fine, yeah, and um, mm-hmm. he was fine in Nashville. He played very well in the Nashville games of that series, but for some reason he just could not get it together in Pittsburgh. But either way, we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on that. No, nope. we're dwelling on the positive here, not the negative. But um. Yeah, Pecorino is probably, arguably, we still got to get through the list here, but he's definitely up there as one of the best rookie seasons in, in Brett's history for sure. Uh, I got to bring up a player that everyone's going to be wondering, maybe, if they haven't done the research, why Shea Weber is not in this category. And so the NHL has this weird rookie rule where to be considered a rookie, you could not have played more than 25 games the season before mm. to be considered a rookie. And so – uh, it's so it's a lot different because you're constantly getting called up, being sent back down. So they have these requirements in place to be considered an actual rookie. And so for Shea Weber, because I thought Shea Weber would be on this list, I was like, I want to go back and look and see how Shea Weber did in his actual rookie season. His his 
his actual rookie season, he only played in 28 games. So he didn't get a chance to really put up the numbers, and he really wasn't used as much yet. So he kind of his rookie season kind of got spoiled. His second season was when he really broke broke through and put up 40 points. Wow. Uh, and so it just didn't count as a rookie season, even though he was still young enough to be considered a rookie. It technically didn't count. So uh, we can't we can't include Shea Weber. So that's going to bring up the player that still drives Predators fans crazy. They hate this guy. Well, hate's a strong word. Hopefully they don't hate him. But they definitely uh, don't like this guy. They boo him every they boo him every time he comes into Bridgestone Arena, which is regularly, I might add. And that's maybe Alexander Radulov. I was gonna say maybe not Alexander, hate, but I definitely love Alexander the guy. Rad, Alexander Radulov. Uh he was the first young, dynamic, like larger than life type of player like that played for the Preds. I remember how crazy people were going over this guy when he first came onto the Predators uh, as a rookie in 2006, 2007. I mean, this this guy was just like – he would score goals in the crazy – he was almost like Tolvanen in a way, like during his rookie season, back when the Preds didn't have players like that very much. And it was – he joined a team that was actually loaded with some offensive players, though. That's when they had Sullivan, Paul Correa, Martin Erat, Jason Arnett, uh, even Peter Forsberg was on that team. Uh, so he he burst onto the scene. He had an 18.8 shooting percentage that season. Uh, he had four game-winning goals, 18 goals total, 19 assists in 64 games. Everyone was so high on this guy. They were like, this is our next – kind of how we're feeling about Tolvanen right now. That's how people felt about Radulov after his rookie season. Uh, he finished ninth in the Calder Cup trophy. He had this like he had like this swagger about him. Whenever he would score, he would get the crowd pumped up. I mean, this was when the Preds were really starting to build into something like more than just a doormat. Like they were actually becoming something. And then, of course, the messy situation happened where he wanted to play overseas. Uh, some different talks got put overseas between the KHL and the NHL and. It was a really mess, messy situation. I would invite people to go back and do their research and look at how all that went down because it's 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 pretty messy, pretty complicated. But it turns out the Preds ended up suspending Radulov, and he never he played one more season for the Preds. But eventually, he uh, went. He never played another game for the Preds, and then he eventually came back to the NHL. And now, of course, to this day, he plays for the Dallas Stars, which, perfectly enough, is a team we can't stand. And so he plays for the villain. He plays for the villain, which is perfect. But you still can't take away he had a real one of the best rookie seasons in Preds history. Yeah, and he and he still has that swagger that you talked about. Um, I'd like to meet yep. him because, like, when you see him, like, he just looks like he is pissed off. Like, it's like he walks around mad, and it's like surely and he's, he's that, not like that all the time. And the and the like personality and. The, and the personality he shows for the stars to this day is how he acted his rookie season. I remember yeah. it like it was yesterday. He's had yeah. that about him ever. And so when he was in Pret, when he was wearing those Preds colors, he was an easy player to root for because he was playing for your team. Yeah. He's one of those players when he's not playing for your team, you can't stand it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a tough customer. I, sure. I just, I mean, the difference between him and Tolvin, and Tolvin wants to be in Nashville. He says he likes Nashville. <laughs> yep. Right that's off, that's right a pretty off. important difference. That's yeah, a pretty I mean, important difference there, and I totally agree. Radulov yeah. hated Nashville. He hated living in Nashville. 
I mean, the biggest thing for me, it's the it's the fact that he signed the contract while under contract, and even including the the IHF even said like, "Hey, man, can't do that." That that was that was shitty. But at the same time, like, not only that, when we were in a playoff position, especially that that playoff run that we could have made in that time in, in uh, 2012, like we needed him, and he was he was he couldn't make a freaking curfew, a yeah. curfew. I, I mean, you're a grown adult making millions of dollars, and, yeah. and you're at that point he was in his, his late twenties, like. I mean, come on, man! It you're just, being yeah, on. yeah you're being I, kind of, on. I kind of forgot about. I kind of forgot about the whole curfew situation. Yeah, that's. As, I tried to etch that out of my memory. Yeah, as good as he was, like, screw that guy. You don't want to be here with us. I'm, I, I hope that Dallas does not win a cup, just because I do not want him to win one it, it, before it the almost, Predators do. It's it's like I know they're in our division, so it's easily it's easy to not like them because they're in your division, and they also took us out of the playoffs that se- that season. Yeah, but uh, I think the stars wouldn't be nearly as hated by Preds fans if, if Radulov wasn't on their team. I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, I hit him, I hit had, him a little less. And then when he's they had the first Court player, Perry. when I think when I think of the well, well, yeah, that didn't make it any better when they had Court yeah, that Perry. made it even but worse. I, that yeah, but but when I when I think of the stars, he's easily the first player I think of. If we're talking yeah. current players, I know they have. I know Brett Hull's up there too, but I'm talking about current players. I think I think it's Jamie Ben. Yeah, and Jamie Ben. I actually like Jamie Ben. I don't have a problem with him at all. I don't have a problem. Uh, with, like I said, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Radulov win a cup before the Predators do. So therefore, I don't want to see the Stars succeed at all. That's uh, just exactly. where I'm at. Until yeah, they, I'm right there with you. He's like Corey Perry. Until they get rid of him, that they're on my they're on my my. Uh, Macropolis, I guess, for lack of a better term, there. <laughs> there's a better yeah. term. All right. Yeah, there, there's All a right, better so term. Rich, so, Rich, Rich, are we getting into your time frame where you got some rookies to offer? I know, I know that you're a late bloomer when it comes to your yeah. Preds fandom. Well, I think you're going to talk about them. Maybe next is it Forsberg? Perhaps we don't have to go. We don't have to go in perfect order here. Of course, we know that Forsberg was going to come up, but I was kind of trying to save yeah. the best for last year. Okay, well, you, you but, do your next one. We'll talk about Forsberg. I think I think the best for last might be in midseason right now. Yeah, that's true. You're, you make a str- solid point. Okay, okay, Rich, I'm about to bring up a rookie that you definitely know all about, and that's Craig Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Craig, Craig, Craig Smith had yes. a very – Craig Smith had a very solid rookie season for the Preds in 2011-2012. Uh he he got so he was. I actually kind of learned this today. I kind of forgot this fact. He was he was one of the very few players that skipped Milwaukee. He went straight to the NHL. Oh wow! Kind of like a Dante Fabro situation, which yeah. is really hard to do as a forward, mm-hmm. first of all. And of course, he's an American-born player, which you know, of course, all your uh, U.S. hockey fans love an American-born player. Uh, so he came in his rookie year, played seventy-two games, put up thirty-six points. Uh, 13 power play points, was strong in the faceoff circle as well. He was leaned on very heavily as a rookie, and he had a lot of pressure on him to be put in that situation. A lot of people had high expectations for him. Obviously, if he didn't even go to the minors, he went straight to the NHL roster, and that that was around that time frame when the Preds were starting to think, okay, we're not just a playoff team anymore. We can actually go deep into the playoffs. He joined the team around that time, around that shift. So uh, it was kind of it was kind of fun to go back and see that how good of a season Craig Smith had, which is a decade. Been, it's hard to believe that was a decade ago. Yeah, I got I got the uh, the trivia question of the day for you guys. Oh he's man, the sec- here we go. He's the he's the second any uh, he's the second national predator 
to join the team without going to the Admirals? Can you guys name who the first was? Oh wow, that's tough. Um, I, I know it's not. I know it's not Shea Weber. I know he played a little bit for the Admirals. Do you want? Do you uh, want another? Do you want another hint? Well, let me let me run yeah. through the, my let me run through my brain a little bit here. All right. I'll need a hint. <laughs> um, let's see. Is it Pecorino? Nope. Oh, I remember him being. I've seen pictures of him in a Admirals uh, uniform. I mean, we're having to go back to a time period where I didn't pay attention to the minor league system at all. I was still, I was a Preds fan, but I didn't I didn't go into it that deep. You, you so, know who the, you know who this is though. I'll give you one more hint. Uh, notable playoff performer. Notable playoff performer. I got I got to say, uh, Colin Wilson. Yes, sir. Colin, Colin Wilson did not go to the Admirals. He went straight to the Predators. Wow. The only, so what gave that away was the notable playoff uh, playoff yeah. Colin playoff yep. Colin. Yes, sir. Which Colin um, Wilson is actually on my list of rookies. He 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 didn't have a great rookie season. It wasn't one like just, but I did write him down on my list at least. He put up 15 points in 35 games in his rookie season, which is respectable. He didn't play a ton of games. Who knows how many points he would have put up if he played more games that season. But I, I did write him down on my list. So you gave it away, though, when he said notable playoff performer because that oh, yeah. was Colin Wilson. Playoff Colin Wilson. We're all definitely was, missing Craig Smith. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll never forgive the Predators, and I will never understand why they let him go. It just doesn't make sense. They, they yeah. can use – I mean, I know the Preds are playing well right now, and so it feels good. To oh, see they can still movement. use them. It feels yeah. good to see the youth movement, but it makes you wonder, like, okay, we went out and got – like, this is no disrespect to Nick Cousins or Brad Richardson or Eric Halla or – I mean, Luke Cunning's playing great too. It's no disrespect yeah. to any of those players. I know Luke Cunning came in a trade for Nick Benino, so I can't really include Cunning in this. Yeah. But you're, you mean to tell me you felt the need to go out and get uh, Cousins or Halla – or Richardson. Um, or Richardson, and you see what the Boston Bruins paid to get Colin or to get Craig Smith. Yeah. And I know Craig. I know Craig Smith's not lighting it up for Boston this year. He's not like he's doing pretty good. I mean, the last, time, than you think. the last time I looked at his numbers, they were. I mean, I. I mean, they were. Maybe he's hit a hot streak lately. I haven't looked at his numbers in yeah. super recently. But what I'm saying is, I would still love him to be on this team as oh, a fourth line, even as. Even as a fourth liner, I know the herd line's playing well. So even on the yeah. third line, I would still love to have uh, Craig Smith over Nick yeah. Cousins or um, yeah. or even Eric Holla. Craig Smith has had some like some game winning goals and some overtime goal like some winners this I year. Think- he's he's play- and he's also played up on the first line with uh, I can't remember. It might have been when Pasternak was out. He was playing okay. with Marshall and Bergeron. So. I, got, I got Craig Smith's numbers up right now. He he actually okay. okay. He actually is doing better than I thought. He's got 16 points this season, yeah. so in 33 games, so that's definitely better than Cousins or Halla. I gotta yeah. say that. I, think, I mean, I think out of all the 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 guys who left this year, him and Colin Blackwell are the two who are doing the best because Colin Blackwell's Colin, Colin Blackwell that really one well. Colin Blackwell that one hurts too. What's up yeah. with all these Collins? What's up with all these Collins? Colin Blackwell, Colin Wilson. I'm Lieutenant Farva. I don't know what you're talking about. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, it sings because you see what the money that was offered. Like, I mean, I get that he said he wanted to test free agency, and he had the right to do that. He's played nine seasons yep. with the Predators. But, I mean, to know that he's making $3.1 million a year, and we still have that cap room today to pay $3.1 million a year, and we didn't find a way to match that or raise it. Yep. I mean, if we could, we could have offered four point five easy and still had him. But it might have been, a, might have been the lure of that chance for that cup, man. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, so, Boston's got a better shot. Well, they did. Not, they're not playing all that great hey, now. But. I was going to say, they're in fourth place too, aren't they? They are right now. Yeah, they sure are. Yep. All, all, that work, all, all the work to be in the same place as us. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, right. And, but Boston's one of those teams they could catch fire at the right time. And, yeah. And, yeah. and you wouldn't want to play them. All right. We're yep. getting closer to Philip Forsberg. We know Philip Forsberg's coming. Yep. But I got one, I got one more player I got to bring up before Philip Forsberg's rookie season. And that's another player that uh, we've actually talked about this on the sh- on previous episodes or a previous episode, and that's Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. Seth Jones was the fourth overall draft pick that year for the Preds. Yep. Uh, came right in as a big time blue liner. That was when the Preds were. That was what they were leaning on. They were just building this stable of defensemen that they've always been known to do. Seth Jones played 77 games his rookie year, 25 points, 99 block shots, 55 hits, almost 20 minutes of ice time per game as a rookie is pretty incredible. And he finished 11th in the Calder Trophy race that year and uh, eventually did get uh, sent away and we got Ryan Johansson in return. And I know that a lot of people feel like, well, that trade worked out for us because Ryan Johansson was such a big piece of that Stanley Cup run. And so uh, I get that, but at the same time, I, I've always liked Seth Jones. I know he's not yep. as a flashy offensive player like Roman Yossi is, but he is a very smart player. I think he's a player that knows how to be in the right position at the right time. And so I go back and forth on how I feel about that. But at the same time, he had a really good rookie season. He had a lot of pressure on him as the fourth overall pick, and I think he delivered for the most part in his brief time uh, with the Preds before he got uh, traded away to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that brings us to Phil Forsberg, Philip who Forsberg. is by far, unless you want to bring up Pecorine, but definitely when you count, when you just consider the skaters and not goalies, by far, Phil no, Forsberg. Yeah. It's, not, it's not even close. Yeah. Phil yeah. Forsberg has had yeah. the biggest, the biggest and the best rookie season in team history. Uh, 2014-2015 was his official rookie season. He had actually already played in 18 games uh, in the previous two seasons before his official rookie season counted. And um, he just burst onto the scene. 63 points his rookie season. Uh, during a time when the Preds did, they didn't, they never had players who scored more than 50 or 60 points in a season. They weren't that type of team ever in their history. Uh other than like a handful of players, like, you know, they had a, a few players that got to the, those point totals, but for the most part, they were never that type of team. And then you get Forsberg comes in here, puts up 63 points, becomes a huge part of the team, a huge part of the team's future still is to this day, obviously, and finished fourth in the Calder trophy race that year. Um, but Phil Forsberg, I mean, Wow. And he, the best could still be yet to come for this guy. He's only yep. 26. I, I, yep. I mean, 26 years old. Like, that's – yeah, he's got a lot left in the tank. I mean, it's just how we build it on him, but yeah. I think our first segment ever on the Catfish and Ice podcast was Mount Rushmore of Preds players. Oh, yeah. And we all talked about putting Phil Forsberg on Mount Rushmore, but he still has a little bit to prove. Let's see what he does this season. I'm not saying he should be put on there now just based on this season because he's, you know, but what I'm saying is he's right there on the cusp oh, to, yeah. to, to make that happen eventually. Yeah. I think, and that's kind of what we said during that segment. 
So if anyone wants to go back and listen to episode one, don't judge us for all the uh, <laughs> we, we've we've gotten better with each episode. But go, if yes. you go back and listen to listen to that discussion, I thought it was a pretty good discussion. We we barely knew what we were doing. <laughs> Is this thing on? Is this yeah, thing what? on? I was tapping the mic. What? My my yeah. cat posting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but either way, Phil Forsberg. It, it, well, we're ready to get him back for this current season. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, this this yeah. this mysterious injury that's keeping him out. It's just Don't weird because they, they they've kept it hush hush. There's not a lot of news out there on it. I mean, and they, I mean, they got it. The only news we even get is he's skating or he's not skating. It's like a, it's a frustration within NHL because of the NFL or anywhere else. You know what the injuries are. You know, upper body, lower body. That like that's all they're going to tell you yeah. because. It's either above the waist or below the waist, and and with yep. that, like you don't know what it is because they don't want it to be affected in a fight, man. It, it would be nice to have something because we it would be nice to have him for a playoff push. I mean, yeah. We really need him. Yep. Well, it's like it's like when when uh, Victor Arvidsson got hurt in the game, like he obviously hit his neck, but then I saw somebody on Twitter say, "Well, he was skating off, holding his leg." So it's like they never even. What did they say? Was it? They never. I don't even remember him saying what was wrong with him. I don't know. I mean, and, yeah, I don't know. But, well, and then well, the, the, the UC yeah. Saros one where he had a, he clearly had a concussion. He was in concussion protocol. Yeah. What it looked like. Yeah. And and they're they're saying you know it's upper body. I'm like upper body. It's literally his head, y'all. Come yeah. on, we all saw it. <laughs> it's the upper yeah. uppermost of his yeah. body. Yeah. Did someone yeah. did someone see where? Did y'all see where? Apparently, Victor Arvison's traveling with the team. Good. So it's it's, it's looking prom- it's, it's looking promising that this isn't going to be a long term injury. He might miss tomorrow night's game with the Red Wings, but yeah. um, but either way, it doesn't it, it doesn't look like it's an injury that's going to linger, which is good to see. I'm tired of seeing these week to week injuries that yeah. we keep seeing pile up because you never know what week to week means. Week to week could end up being uh, eight weeks for all you know. So <laughs> yeah. um, I don't like to see it when it says week to week. Day to day, I can yeah. live with. And then, of mm-hmm. course, he's traveling with the team. So that tells you right there it's not a super serious injury. So that's really good to see because Arvidsson's been uh, definitely playing better and better as each game went on. Let's round out this long rookie conversation that we've had, but it's been a fun one. And that's uh, the most recent rookie impact that we've had for the team was UC Soros. UC Soros' rookie season. We can't overlook yep. that. Yep. We're getting to current times here. UC Soros' uh, official rookie season was 2017-18, so the season after the Stanley Cup, the season that the Preds won the President's Trophy. Uh, he had 23 starts that season, made the all-rookie team, so uh, had really good numbers, over a 92 save percentage that that, uh, that season. Uh, what, what really impressed me about that response from Soros that season was he could have kind of been damaged as far as his confidence because – uh, if it, I don't know if anyone remembers, but he had to come in twice for Pecorine during the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, uh, when the game was getting out of hand, in one of those instances, he gave up three goals really quick mm. uh, against the Penguins, and it, it was just like I remember at the time thinking, "Man, we're gonna like damage this poor kid." Like, yeah. like we just threw him to the wolves here. Like this is out of control. But yeah. um, he he bounced back that next season went and was a big reason why the Preds won the Presidents Trophy that year was his 23 starts he put in. So we can't overlook uh, UC Saros' rookie season where he made the all-rookie team. So a lot of really awesome rookies uh, that we got to give credit to there. So that was a fun segment. And to all those rookies, uh, thanks for for those memories uh, because it's fun fun to look back on those things, especially when you talk about a team like the Preds who are still 
a very young team. Yep. So uh, young, fra- young it, franchise. Ellie told him to keep it coming. <laughs> yes, and, please. Well, and, and let, let's kind of use this to go into our next segment. Uh, again, this is episode 33 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code THPN and pick either Gonzaga or Baylor in the championship game. And if your team that you pick wins, you will win $100 on a $1 bet. Just use our promo code THPN for new users. So go get the uh, dra- top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app for that. So, uh, speaking of Ellie Tolvanen, I think that if he had played from game one of the season, he would be rivaling Philip Forsberg, Philip Forsberg's incredible rookie season. I really think that. Because yeah. Philip Forsberg, Phil Forsberg was like the last rook, was really the only rookie in team history that's ever come close to having that point per game pace. Mm-hmm. And you look you look at Tolvanen's numbers, he's played 30 games this season and has put up 19 points. So you got to think if he would have started from game one, where he where would his numbers be at this season? You got to wonder. You can't help but wonder. You'll ne- we'll never know, but I feel like his numbers would still be very very solid. And who knows? He'd probably even be the leader in the Calder Trophy race. No, so, so. Uh, so let's talk about our, our final segment of episode thirty three. We're gonna get this in and out here because we are running short on time. But let's talk about how we feel is going to be considered a success for the Preds this season. Because the narrative has changed. Uh, if you go back like three or four weeks ago, we were we were just thinking about next season. We weren't even thinking about the results of this season. We were like, hopefully we don't finish in last place. I remember feeling that way at one point. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I just hope the Red Wings don't pass us so we don't have to be the embarrassment mm-hmm. of finishing in last place. Well, obviously things have changed quickly. Now the Preds look like the top team to get that fourth spot. So let's let Rich lead this off. What what, do, what would the Preds have to accomplish for you to come out of this season, go into the offseason saying, okay, you know what? That was a success. I'm happy with what happened. Yeah, we were saying – I do remember us saying hopefully they're not as bad as Detroit, hence the mustaches, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. It's tricky because if you take out – what might happen at the trade deadline and, and whatnot. I think with how bad they played at the beginning for them to even make the playoffs would, I would consider that a success because, you know, like we said three or four weeks ago, there was no way that they would have had a chance, but they, you know, they finally pulled it together and like, you know, they still haven't beaten, they still haven't beaten North Carolina and, and they beaten Tampa North Bay Car- one. And those are the, North not Carolina. North Carolina. The Tar Heels. Tar Heels. They haven't played the Tar Heels. Well, well, you're actually, you're actually, you're technically right. We still haven't beat right. the Tar Heels. I don't I even know right. if they have a hockey team, but we know. haven't beaten. Anyway, we still haven't. Carolina. Beat them. Carolina. Anyway, they haven't. They, you know, they haven't beaten them. They've only beat Tampa Bay once, and those are they'll probably be facing one of those two teams. I would say maybe Florida. Florida is actually in first right now, but you know who knows how that long that's going to last. So I would say you know making it it would be good. Anything past that would be like incredible. So, oh yeah. What about you, Colin? Uh, I feel similar. I mean, and the Tampa Bay win also wasn't against Vasilevsky, so it kind of gives right. me like a little bit of. And it was it was still good nice to beat them, but at the same time, like we still we got to beat that guy. Like that's the guy we're going to face if we make the playoffs, anyways. Um, I definitely don't want to get you know swept by a single team uh, within this year, so I want to get Carolina at least once. Like we have to just for for my own sense of pride. 
Um, yeah, I know people people think a lot about it in terms of like an NBA or like an NFL where you play for draft position. The NHL, there really isn't draft position. It really just comes no, down to scouting. I, I, so I hate that argument. It, I hate it, that yeah, argument. I know. And so it doesn't really bother me uh, where we go as far as – I'm, I'm liking that our, we're – if anything, I'm glad even if we're in the fourth spot and we get blown out in the first round, I, I want to see our rookies get some playoff experience. Mm-hmm. I want to see them have that intensity, uh, see what it takes to make a push, to make a run. And really, this is a culture season. Like It may not be a season that we're going to be proud to look back on uh, in terms of win-loss record, but it's a culture season. And you know, right now, we're not going out like punks. We're going out there competing uh, and really fighting for that last playoff spot, and I want to see that continue. I, I, still, I still think that's a success when you consider how many things the teams have overcome in terms of adversity and just how many rookies we had that played. I mean, yeah. at one point we started eight rookies in a game. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that that's very fantastic right there in its of itself. Uh, but, you know, if we can make the playoffs with this team, then it just shows that there's a, there's a foundation here that, just can, that can be built upon for the future. Uh, yeah. Okay. So if we, to, to piggyback off that, if we went, if you were to give me a crystal ball and said, okay, this is what's going to happen this season for the Preds. They're going to have to get, they're going to have, they're going to lose Ryan Ellis for an extended amount of time. They're going <laughs> to lose Roman Yossi for an extended amount of time. They're going to, they're going to lose UC Soros for an extended amount of time. They're going to lose Philip Forsberg for an extended amount of time. They're going to lose Matt Duchesne for an extended amount of time. And Lucas Pizza. Should I, should I, <laughs> should I go. keep, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Yep. Kept the tradition alive. But I mean, I mean, keep listing all those key players. And I know that other teams are going through the same problems. I'm not saying that we're, like, alone in this. I'm not saying that at all. But my point is, just for the point of this discussion, I'm going to take it a little bit further than what you guys said, though. I will consider this season a success if, if we make the playoffs and put up a really good fight in the first right. round. Yeah, if we go that. in there and get if we go in there and get embarrassed That's to true. the point where it's like to the point where you just have to turn your screen off because you can't even watch it, then it's gonna almost feel like what was this all for? Uh, we we just proved we didn't belong there type of thing. I want to as much as it's gonna be heartbreaking to lose in that fashion, like let's say we take it to the final game of the series against Tampa Bay or Carolina or Florida. And that and that we lose a heartbreaking like game seven or something like that. As much as that's going to hurt, mm-hmm. I will be able to leave this this season saying, you know what, we showed we can move forward with this team, and we are here, and we're not going into this massive ugly rebuild where we're going to be like a last place team like Detroit's been for a couple years. I'm sorry, I keep taking stabs at Detroit. It's not intentional, but. I don't want us to be that team, and I think that we won't be that team. I already feel like we're not going to be that team necessarily, but I will feel very confident in what we're doing and going into next season if we can just go into the first round of the playoffs and play Tampa or Carolina or Florida very, very, very tough mm-hmm. to the point where yeah. they've got to they've got to sweat it out like it goes yeah. to the end. I I kind of hope that Tampa that uh not Tampa that Florida. Holds, holds, you know, stands pat and keeps that Florida that first place spot. If yep. we get, if we get Tampa or not Tampa, gosh, if we, it's because they're from Florida. If we get yeah. Florida in that that first round, we've shown we can hang with them in the right situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could shock some people. I mean, we yeah. would still probably have to face Tampa or Carolina next. That's that's really the two we want to avoid. But we're, we're not a uh, we're we not trying to counter. We're not trying to like 
count, you know, trying to like say like, oh, this is definitely going to happen. We're definitely in the playoffs. It's, I mean, it, we could easily yeah. like it's a close, it's a close race right now. We're not saying yeah, we're going to make the playoffs necessarily, but we're trying to like basically say what we're going to be considered a success for this season. And I definitely think that a really strong showing in the first round, we can at least say, okay, we turned this season into something successful. We have something to build off of now, considering all the circumstances, considering how much youth we put into the lineup and we still got to where we got. I think you could definitely build off that. So that's kind of what I think we're all on the same page there. And that's what we're all hoping for. One more thing before we round out episode 33 of the Catfish Nice podcast, we're bringing up Tampa. Tampa just lost five to one to Detroit on Sunday. So I'm, I mean, but once again, they went with their backup goaltender in that game. Every time they play Vasilevsky, I feel like they're unstoppable. So um, it's just, it's, it's kind of like, you know, who you're going to get in the first round of the playoffs. If you're playing Tampa, you're going to get Vasilevsky steady dose every game. So no, I never, I never wish injury on a player, but maybe Vasilevsky should I don't, just take a rest. I don't, maybe he should, he should take a rest for 2022. You know, yeah. prepare for I that's going to be their year. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't want any part of Tampa or Carolina in the first mm-hmm. round, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's probably what's going to happen if the Preds make the playoffs. And so we'll just see what happens. But it's been a really fun episode yeah. of the Catfish Nice podcast. We appreciate appreciate everyone following the podcast, downloading it, subscribing. We've got our glorious mustaches, and now it's time to grow back because I, I already feel like my beard's growing back as we speak. Like I can oh, yeah. feel it, like almost. Like it's like five o'clock. Yeah, not yet, but it's coming. Like the I, play I, the playoff beard start now. This is the playoff beard starting right here. There you go. My, I gotta say, it took me almost an hour to get this beard off. My bathroom was like destroyed. Like it looked like a. <laughs> it, it looked horrible. Uh, but it's over. It's done with. Um, and now it's time to grow the beards back, and we are going to grow playoff beards. Is what we're going to do. Yes, sir. And we're going we're we're to do the more traditional playoff beards, and we're going to put a little more thought into any future bets. Oh, I'm not betting against the Preds ever again for yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not a good. <laughs> hey, worth it. Worth it. That run was this one we've been on's been awesome. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely worth it. it. All right, so we will see you all later this week for episode 34 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, and of course, we are presented by DraftKings. We hope everyone has a good week. Let's go. Let's uh, root on the Preds tomorrow night as they take on the Detroit Red Wings and continue their march into the playoffs. Until then, everyone take care and stay be kind to one another. And this Thursday for episode 34. Take care. true champions perspective well come on over to the bolts broadcast where we talk about the tampa bay lightning have some friendly banter and of course hockey name of the day if you pronounce it you can get it anthony nunschwander ah you didn't pronounce it right anthony anthony nunschwander it's it's n-e-u-e-n it's neunschwander anthony neunschwander dude i always slept in german class so i don't know I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two.
Took it for two years? Oh no, Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was like me and I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No. <laughs> We were in terrible, terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but, uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network.